make sure that you're subscribed to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Type The Word of the Lord Endures Forever in your podcast provider, hit that subscribe button, and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org. Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Wheaton. So as I said, they have their own little dinner provided for, and they're ready to chow down. But Jesus instead says that they need to go give it away to the crowd. Yikes! The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church, past and present. Pastor Whedon is leading us in a study of the Gospel of St. Luke. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. Well, last time, remember, we only covered three verses, and they centered around Herod. So we reviewed what we'd learned about this Herod already in this gospel. And above all, we noted that he was the man who had locked up St. John the Baptist in prison because that preacher of righteousness would not shut up about him marrying his brother Philip's wife, who, remember, was also both brother's niece. But Herod catches wind of the rumors swirling around Jesus of Nazareth, maybe from his steward, Cusa, whose wife, Joanna, was one of those who traveled with Jesus. And he ponders the speculation. Some say Jesus can pull off these miracles because he's really John the Baptist raised from the dead. Not terribly reasonable, since Jesus was doing these miracles when John was still very much alive and in prison. But then some figure Jesus is the fulfillment of Malachi's prophecy about Elijah. Again, Jesus will clarify in this very chapter before we're done that Malachi's words actually are fulfilled in St. John the Baptist himself. And lots think Jesus is just another one of the old prophets. Close, but not quite. A prophet indeed, but more than a prophet. So old Herod is left scratching his head about this Jesus, and we learned that he'd like to see him, to meet him, and as we learn later, it wasn't for anything more than idle curiosity. He wanted to see Jesus perform a miracle in his presence. The continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the ninth chapter, beginning at verse 10. On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done. And he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so, and had them all sit down. 
And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up. Twelve baskets full of broken pieces. Luke 9, verses 10 through 17. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, since you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort from your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you've given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, you ready to ponder today's passage? Let's get to it. Verse 10. On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done, and he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. Now, remember that Matthew and Mark both relate the death of St. John the Baptist immediately preceding the event we're going to study today. And Luke also mentions through Herod's musings about who Jesus is that John had been beheaded. It appears that as the disciples make their way back to Jesus and begin reporting all the mighty miracles they'd done and how their preaching had been received, Jesus just wants to get away for a bit. You've probably had that experience. I know I have. When grief hits, you need time to process it a bit. And sometimes life allows that. And sometimes circumstances keep it from happening. So here, verse 11. When the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. The picture is most vivid in John's telling, where the crowds literally track the boat Jesus is in from the land, running ahead, spreading the word wherever they go, so that when he actually comes to shore, instead of that little downtime he was looking forward to, he is met by hundreds and hundreds of people in need. Now look, if I had planned on a little bit of downtime and you interrupted me, you'd probably find me to be just a little bit grouchy. Well, all right, scratch the probably, right? And scratch the little. But look at Jesus here and see what he does. When the crowds are waiting for him as his boat comes ashore, he welcomes them. He is gracious and loving unfailingly, unlike me, and I take it unlike you. But he never loses sight of love and its demands. They're his very delight. So he speaks to the crowds about the kingdom, about how he, the king, has landed in this occupied territory, and how he is starting to set things to right, and he showed it by the miracles of healing on all who had any need. Now, if he's forgotten about the little bit of rest and recuperation, it doesn't appear that his disciples had. Hence, verse 12. Now the day began to wear away. And the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. Can you see their nervousness grow as the westering sun sends out its long rays? The crowds were so hungry for what Jesus had to give that they just stayed with him, listening to whatever he said and watching person after person be healed of whatever was afflicting them. But the twelve, having just returned from their journey, are apparently not quite so focused on the joys of the kingdom. Their tummies had started growling, and the problem of this huge crowd with no provisions dawned upon them. 
it is quite apparent they have their own food that they brought with them, and they'd like to get on with the task of eating it. So they ask Jesus to just send the people away into the surrounding villages and countryside to fend for themselves. Verse 13, But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. So, as I said, they have their own little dinner provided for, and they're ready to chow down. But Jesus instead says that they need to go give it away to the crowd. Yikes! They were not impressed. This seems totally unreasonable. What would their little bit of food be among a big crowd like that, which they had before them? Was Jesus really telling them to go and buy food for all these people? Verse 14, For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of 50 each. So we usually call this the feeding of the 5,000, but it's really the feeding of the 5,000 men, plus whatever women and children are present. It was a huge crowd. Jesus, though, is undaunted by the size of the need before him, nor the meagerness of the resources to meet that need. So he tells the disciples to organize the crowd into companies of about 50 each, and they're all to sit down. That way, they'd be able to see to have a clear view of what is about to happen. Verse 15, And they did so, and had them all sit down, verse 16, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. So as the crowd sits, I imagine in a hush of sudden expectation, they watch Jesus do what any Jewish house father would do. He takes the food in hand about to be received, looks up to heaven to his father, says a blessing. Remember for the Jews that usually ran along the lines of, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, maker of all, for the gift of this bread and these fish. Western prayers tend to ask God to bless this or that. Jewish prayers tended to bless God for this or that. So, after he had blessed his father for what he had given, Jesus hands to his disciples the loaves and apparently the fish to give away. I think the only way to get the miracle is to see the tentativeness, say, of St. Peter in giving out that first bit and then a bit more. And then, then at last it finally dawns on him that the size of the provision in his hand never grows any smaller, no matter how much he's handing off to others. I imagined old Peter then went back to the first man and said, "'Here, my friend, have some more!' And the amazement on the faces of the disciples no doubt mirrored the amazement on the faces of the crowd. How was this possible? Again, who is this? Who can multiply loaves and fish and feed a multitude in the wilderness? Oh, wait. Israel knows who that is, right? St. Cyril of Alexandria, North African father from the 5th century, said, The feeding of the multitudes in the desert by Christ is worthy of all admiration, but it is also profitable in another way. We can plainly see that these new miracles are in harmony with those of ancient times. They are the acts of one and the same power. Which is to say that it surely dawned on those sitting there how much like the manna this whole thing was. The same person fed Israel with manna in the wilderness and the crowds with the bread and fish in that desolate place. Verse 17, And they all ate and were satisfied, and what was left over was picked up twelve baskets of broken pieces. I always think it's worth pondering. 
if they'd kept their little lunch to themselves, at the end of the day, they'd have had nothing probably. They'd have gobbled it all up. But because they put it into Jesus' hands, let him bless it, and then sent them out to give it away. Each apostle ended up with a basketful at the end of the day. No, it makes no earthly sense, but it is the way of God's economics at work. You can't outgive God. No how, no way. That's where we're going to call our halt for today. Next up, we'll consider Jesus' question to the disciples about who the crowds say he is. They'll trot out all the answers we've heard before, and then he puts the question straight to them. But who do y'all say that I am? That's the question indeed. In Luke, the answer is short and sweet, right from St. Peter. You're the Christ of God. And it's the right answer, but do they know yet what that means? If not, he's about to explain it in detail for the first time. This means that the Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, but then on the third day rise again. Till next time, people loved by God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can donate by check, make your check payable to The Word Endures, and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.